Spiritual gifts are given for others so that we can serve others. That's why we have spiritual gifts. God never gives us spiritual gifts to use on ourselves. Open your Bible tonight, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned earlier, we began a series on spiritual gifts. It's very important that we Christians understand spiritual gifts. We all have them. Everyone who's born again. Unsaved people do not have spiritual gifts, but all saved people have been given spiritual gifts. Why? So that we can use them to serve the Lord, as we'll see tonight. Remember this, one day every one of us will stand before the Lord Jesus to give account for those things we've done in the body. He's going to see if we've used the spiritual gifts that He gave us. Now, with the advent of the um, uh, Pentecostal movement in, in around 1900 and the Charismatic movement around 1960, there's this huge overemphasis on um, spiritual gifts and things that are just not in the Bible. And as a result, uh, a swinging of the pendulum has happened amongst uh, many Bible-believing Christians. Because of all of this um, media attention, the Charismatics and Pentecostals uh, give to their spiritual gifts, in particular tongues, what a lot of Christians do is they swing the pendulum now to the opposite side, and now we don't even talk about spiritual gifts. And the Holy Spirit doesn't have the place of prominence that He's supposed to have in our hearts. What a mistake. And I think it's a trick of the devil in order to cripple the church. The church has great power and we've been given great spiritual gifts that we can do supernatural service for the Lord. And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit and making use of these spiritual gifts. And so we need to learn what these are so that we can get back in the saddle and get involved with these. Many Christians haven't a clue what their spiritual gift is. It's not that hard to find out. Anyhow, we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the study tonight, shall we? Heavenly Father, this is your will that we understand what it is you've given us in the way of spiritual gifts and how to use them. And so please, have the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. Holy Spirit of God, we humble ourselves before you. You are the, the great built-in Bible teacher. Please instruct our hearts and minds. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see what the gifts are about. And help us to learn how to use them. For the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, chapter 12 and verse 1 the uh, very first word, Paul is introducing a new subject. He says, now. And he's used this several times. The subject of spiritual gifts covers chapters 12, 13, and 14. That's a lot of the Word of God that deals with spiritual gifts. I don't have to remind you that the church at Corinth was a dysfunctional church. It was royally messed up. And it was a conglomerate of saved and unsaved. And, and people were, were bringing their own thoughts and ideas to the table. And it very much reminds us of what we learned in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. When Israel was getting so involved with horrible things. And it says there at least three times, there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And they just got themselves into a terrible mess. The church of Corinth 
sort of parallels that. Sad to say it. Now, they did have some good things going for them, but in many areas, they were dysfunctional and they messed things up like crazy. They messed up the table of the Lord, the communion service. Paul had to spend the whole chapter 11 straightening that out. And so now he's dealing with spiritual gifts. This new subject comes up. And he says in verse 1, I would not have you to be ignorant. So it's not the will of God for us to be ignorant, not knowing, not understanding. We are to know what the will of the Lord is. Folks, we are to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. And so sad, too bad, but in in many churches they say, we're going to be wise as serpents, you know, and we're going to be as offensive as Goliath, you know, in, in our stand for the truth. And God bless them, they're wrong. We are to reflect Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, but didn't Jesus take a whip and uh, drive the, the merchandisers out of the temple? Yeah, you know, Jesus is God and God can do a few things we can't do. He hasn't called us to become Attila the Hun on earth. We're to be wise as serpents. We're to be harmless as doves. The spiritual gifts are not given to us to destroy people. We're not given the sword of the Spirit so that we can ruin people's lives. It's all in ministry. Our enemy is Satan, not one another, and certainly not the unsaved. They're not the enemy. These poor people are lost in sin. They're blinded. They're dead in sin and trespasses, and they're only behaving like unsaved people. They're puppets, and Satan is the puppet master. And so we need to walk in wisdom toward them which are without. That's what the Scriptures say. We need to hold the truth in love. That's very important that we do that. Our study of spiritual gifts is very important, folks. It involves every one of us that names the name of Jesus as our Savior. And we are not to be ignorant on this subject. Please don't think, well, this is one of those optional things of the Christian life, spiritual gifts. I, I've been saved a long time. I, I haven't a clue really what my gift is, but it doesn't matter. It's been a good life so far. I'll just keep on you know, going the route I'm going. And that's not the will of God because we will stand before the Lord Jesus one day and he will say, now I gave you a spiritual gift and you I gave two gifts to and you, sir, I gave you three gifts and what did you do with these gifts and did you use them the way you're supposed to? And the Lord is looking not to punish us, but he's looking for what he can reward. And it just seems to me there'll be a lot of Christians that go without rewards, without things that that could be theirs in heaven. So we don't want to be like that, do we? So we want to be wise, but harmless as doves. Hmm? And so very important that we understand this. Now in verse 2, he reminds them that in time past there, they were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. And the, the church at Corinth was messed up. These people had come out of the unsaved world and they brought a lot of unsaved baggage with them into their local church. In the, uh, the city of Corinth, where this church was located, there was a temple of Aphrodite. And they had there, according to historical records, they had 1,000 priestesses. Basically, it was a house of ill repute. Um, it was... Um, prostitution done under the, the guise of, of religiosity. The way they would worship the goddess Aphrodite was with a prostitute in a room, you know, for half an hour or something crazy. 
So, uh, just horrible stuff. They spoke in tongues in, at the temple of Aphrodite. That was common, everyday practice for them. They spoke in tongues. And many of the people who got saved, and some of them didn't get saved, but they ended up at the church of Corinth, they carted these tongues right in the front door with them. Folks, the thing about tongues is that they're being spoken all over the world by all kinds of different religions. And uh, there are even religious groups that can preach moral sermons in tongues. So let's never get the idea that tongues is something exclusive to Christianity. It is not. It is not. Tongues have been around for a long, long time. Well, anyhow, the church had gotten off on idols, and uh, Paul was warning them about this. Now, we had a great chapel today at, at the Bible College, and Brother Levier, one of our missionaries, he was our chapel speaker. He had led a Hindu man to the Lord. As you know, the Hindu religion believes in a plethora of different gods. And they would look at Jesus as just one more to go on the shelf. When this Hindu man got saved, he had in his home a shelf with a bunch of gods on it. He cleaned them all out. And he told Brother Levier, I got rid of them all because there's only one God, that's Jesus. Then he wanted them to be praying for his brother Joe back in India. And so uh, he ended up witnessing to his brother Joe. He led his brother Joe to the Lord. And the question is, well, did Joe really understand? Did he repent and receive Christ as his one and only Savior? Or did he receive Christ as just one of another God? You know, so one more on the shelf. And sometime later, he called Pastor Levier and said that he's pleased to say, he was so excited that Joe cleaned off his shelf. He got rid of them all. There's no room except for Jesus. And so that's good news. That's what we want to hear. The Corinthians had gotten involved with a lot of idols. Today, people are still getting involved with idols. Maybe not the kind made out of clay or stone or wood, but other kinds of idols in their heart. Uh, you know, some people, they worship the almighty dollar. Um, we often point to uh, the TV program American Idol and how they make a big to-do about that. Rock stars, they're, they're almost worshipped, aren't they? They're in a, a league of their own. But all these things are not of the Lord. And so Paul was, was saying here that uh, uh, you remember, folks, that you came out of all this stuff. And so leave this stuff alone. Well, in the next few verses, he talks about real gifts for real Christians, and I want you to see this in chapter 12 and verse 4. He says, now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Now, pause for a minute. What my plan tonight is to continue to lay that proper foundation there are things here we need to know before we start talking about individual gifts. That's why we have these verses. And we have to understand them. So we're laying a good foundation. We started a couple of weeks ago. We want to continue. We want to continue tonight. Now I want you to notice in verse 4, you have the Spirit, capital S. That's a reference to what? To who? Holy Spirit. That's right. And in verse 5, you have Lord, capital L. Who's that? Jesus. And in verse 6, you have, it is the same God. And that's no doubt a reference to who? 
the Father, right? So you have a reference to the Trinity. We're going to come back to that. But these three verses are telling us something very important about spiritual gifts. I want to say that there's a lot of phony, baloney spiritual gifts being claimed in the name of Jesus. I knew a man many years ago, and he said to me, point blank, we were sitting across the table from each other, and he said, I have the spiritual gift to be able to look at you and to know exactly what your physical ailment is. Well, this guy believed that with all his heart. Problem is, God never gave that gift. He never gave that at all. So if he had this ability, where did he get it from? He didn't get it from God because God tells us what he gives. And that's not in the list, folks. There are three chapters in the Word of God that deal specifically with spiritual gifts. And that one ain't in it. There was uh, another man that I knew of. I never met him, but I knew of some some uh, godly Christian folks I know. They're missionaries right now over in uh, Israel. They've been there for many years. They saw this with their own eyes. This guy, Big, Big John, and they, uh, uh, they were in some meeting or something and they weren't sure what was going to go on. They said, we're going to have Big John come and demonstrate his spiritual gift. And so this great big guy comes lumbering down, gets up and he says, hi folks, I'm Big John. I'm going to show you my spiritual gift. He reaches behind his back. He pulls out a hot water bottle. Now you all know what that is, right? That rubbery thing and you go to the kitchen sink and you fill it up with hot water and put the cork in it and it oh, gives you relief, you know, for aching sore joints. A hot water bottle. He whips this thing out and he starts to blow in it. I don't know if you've ever seen people blow up hot water bottles, but I'm, I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding you. They get this big. They, they become huge and you have to have a powerful set of lungs to do this. And they blow this thing up until it explodes. The people in that meeting went crazy. Big John and his spiritual gift. What chapter is that in? I don't see that here about the hot water bottle. What chapter and verse is that one? Craziness. I read about a lady who claimed that she taught her dog how to bark in an unknown bark. You've heard of people who claim to be able to speak in an unknown tongue? Well, she claims that she taught her dog how to bark in an unknown bark. Where will you know, the insanity ever end? Uh, on and on and on it goes. Another, just a few years ago, it became hugely popular. Laughing in the Spirit. And you would have crowds of people in so-called churches and they would start to laugh uncontrollably. And they would continue to laugh for 15 minutes, 20 minutes straight until they could hardly stand. They'd flop over. And they called that laughing in the spirit. Another movement was being drunk in the spirit. Folks, you don't find these things in the Word of God. They read them into the Word of God. But they're not there to be read out. God didn't put anything about getting drunk in the spirit. Or laughing in the spirit. That's not biblical. That and a whole host of other craziness. Boy, I've, I've learned some real weird stuff that's going on. But I don't want to waste your time with that. Truth is, we need to put away the baloney. Just like the Corinthians had to put away the baloney in their day. We need to put that stuff far from us. Focus on what God has written. God doesn't teach any of this nonsense in the Bible. Now, 
I want you to see once again here, verse 4, I want you to see the word gifts. See that? There are diversities of gifts. Now, gifts are things that are bestowed upon you. They're offered to you and they're bestowed upon you. It's not something you deserve, otherwise it would be a reward. It's not something you buy, otherwise it would be a purchased possession. It's something that's given to you. Now, verse 5, what does it say? There's differences of administrations. Administrations refers to the overall proper execution of the managing of affairs. Now, we're talking spiritual gifts now. And verse 6, it says uh, there are diversities of operations. Operations refers to the work itself or the labor performed. And so, um, pause here for two important observations. Number one, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Many people have natural musical talents. Some have natural mechanical talents. But these are not spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are different. Spiritual gifts are what you receive after you were saved. Some people have been playing the piano since they've been two years of age. and That's great. Praise the Lord. But that's not a spiritual gift, is it? They didn't get that. You know, they didn't get saved and all of a sudden, ho, and they sit down at the keyboard. Doesn't work that way, does it? Sometimes we wish, but it doesn't work that way. Same thing with uh, playing sports or you know, fixing uh, automobiles or what have you. These are maybe natural uh, talents, but they're not spiritual gifts. And uh, secondly, is, is that... Um, oh! No, tell you what. Just the one observation for now. <laughs> but I want, you to, I want you to notice the Trinity again in verse 4, 5, and 6. We have gifts from the Holy Ghost. We have administrations in verse 5 from the Lord. That's the Lord Jesus. We have diversities of operations, but it's the same God. No doubt, God the Father. So what does all this mean? It means you've been given spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit so that you can labor for God under the overall administration of the Lord Jesus. Those are the three words there used in those three verses. You've been given spiritual gifts so you can labor for God under the administration of Jesus Christ. Now this brings us to the last observation that we want to make here in verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, those are the gifts. That's not the Spirit Himself, those are the gifts He gives. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. You see that word, with all? It means for the whole group. That's why spiritual gifts are given. Spiritual gifts are not given for us. Spiritual gifts are given for others so that we can serve others. That's why we have spiritual gifts. God never gives us spiritual gifts to use on ourselves. You know, there is a, a thing called the spiritual gift of giving. Did you know that? That's one of the spiritual gifts. Imagine a man or woman saying, I have the gift of giving. Watch me go shopping. I am going to exercise my spiritual gift today and I am going to seek to spend $5,000 in one afternoon. I'm going to use my spiritual gift on myself. You say, that sounds weird. Yes, it does. 
How about the gift, the spiritual gift of showing mercy? That's a spiritual gift. Well, I'm just going to show mercy to myself. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show a lot of soothing compassion to myself. I'm going to go down to the salon and put slices of cucumber on my eyes and sit there under the sun lamp and I'm just going to soothe and comfort myself. I'm going to show that gift of mercy on myself. You'd say, that doesn't sound right, does it? And you're right, it doesn't. Those gifts are to be used for others, not for ourselves. And it's the same with the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues today is not the gift of tongues in the New Testament. It's different. You hear everyone who claims to have the gift of tongues say things like, oh, I I had so much trouble praying until I got the gift of tongues. Now I feel so close to God. Boy, I can just draw close. It has done so much for me. Wait a minute, we've just broken one of the, the rules of the game here. Tongues is never, never was used for yourself. Never used to draw you closer to God. And right then, some of the, our charismatics friends will, will point out, well, wait a minute, what about chapter 14, verse 4? Let's take a look at it, shall we? Let's go to chapter 14. It says, follow charity and desire spiritual gifts. Now look at verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue. That's not an unknown bark, by the way, okay? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. See, there it is right there. See, you're wrong, you're wrong. There it is right there. It's meant for self-edification. Duh. What have we been saying since chapter 12, verse 1? You guys were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols. The chapter before that, you guys messed up, you hacked up the communion table. Paul is not praising them in chapter 14, verse 4. He's shaming them. You're trying to use spiritual gifts on yourself. That's what he's doing. Look, go back to chapter 11. It's the very same principle. Chapter 11, when he deals with the communion table, look at verse 2. He says, Now I praise you, brethren that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them unto you. Then you jump down to verse 17. Now, in this I declare unto you, and he's talking about the communion service, I praise you not that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. In chapter 14, verse 4, he's not praising them, he's shaming them. It's like if someone came up to you and said something stupid and then you said to them, you're a real genius, aren't you? And they looked at you and said, oh, thanks. Boy, I take that as a great compliment. Yeah, someone like you would. (laughs) You're not complimenting them, are you? If you said to them, boy, you're a, a real Einstein, aren't you? You're not giving them a compliment. You're shaming them for some stupid thing that they've done. Paul is not complimenting them here. He's shaming them when he says in verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Because chapter 12 verse 7 tells us that all spiritual gifts are for the benefit of others so that the the body can profit. It's not for yourself. Does that make sense? Because that's very important. If we mess this up, we're going to go believe in the charismatics on TV. Those TV preachers, we're going to start believing what they have to say, not what the Scriptures are saying. No spiritual gift is ever given by God to use on yourself. That's why the modern-day tongue speakers have got it backwards. 
totally backwards. And they claim that it helps them to be better Christians. God gives each Christian at least one spiritual gift. Often, Christians have two spiritual gifts, sometimes three spiritual gifts. I personally believe the apostles had all of the spiritual gifts. They needed them for the job they had to do. There's an interesting study done on the, uh, the honeybee. The bees are amazing. The more the scientists learn about bees, the more they realize that they have probably the most highly developed social structure in all the animal kingdom. There isn't just one job for the bees. You know, a beehive can have as many as 60,000 bees in it. Did you know that? that? That's like a whole city, isn't it? But at the heart of every beehive is one bee in particular called the queen. And it's her job to keep pumping out the, the babies. But the other 59,999 bees don't just sit around in the hive and watch the queen. Wow, you see, she's another baby. Look at that. Oh, two this time. Whoa. Every bee in the beehive has got a job to do. Isn't that right? They don't sit around. There's all kinds of different bees. Of course, there's the bees that, that go out and forage out around looking for nectar and food, and they bring that back. There are bees that guard the hive. There are bees that act as scouts looking for uh, different uh, areas where there may be a lot of clover and nectar. There are bees that fan, and uh, they uh, do two things, actually. They sort of um, ventilate the hive, but also they've discovered that in doing so, the hive sends forth the, the distinct aroma of that particular hive so that if there's a bee out there lost, it can pick up the scent and find its way back to the hive. They've discovered that there are bees that act as undertakers and they carry out the dead bodies out of the hive. There are bees that act as nursery workers and help look after the new little bees that are, that are coming up. All of the bees have jobs to do. And it's a perfect picture for the church. We all have been given spiritual gifts. Now the question is, are we using our spiritual gifts? Or are we sitting around watching the queen? Oh, there's another one. Look at that. Did you see that? Yeah. What are you doing with your spiritual gift? Now, God willing, next Wednesday, we're going to pick up the study and we're going to start learning about the spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.